0: Hello, welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions are solely the opinions of the participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open for the public and on the level to interact with us. We love seeing you every Thursday night on Facebook, on YouTube, love chats. Uh, so keep those coming and uh, you can always keep Catch the chat replay or follow along later on your favorite podcast app. So, let's say you know me. Let me get my bumper up here. My name is John Rurok. I'm a past master of the Patriot Lodge number 1957 in Fairfax, Virginia. Next up for his introduction, let's go to RJ. How's it going, Robert? There you go. Uh,
1: It's going well, aside from my inability to uh, uh, switch windows for a second there. Uh, Robert Johnson, Past Master Waukegan Lodge Number 78 in Waukegan, Illinois, and uh, current sitting secretary at the Premier Masonic Education Lodge in the state of Illinois, Space Novum 1183 in Libertyville, Illinois, and the host of the Whence Came
0: You podcast. Good to be with you guys. Excellent. Good to have you. Next up, Joe
2: Martinez. Hello. My name is Joe Martinez. It's on the screen. Uh, wearing the least amount of jewelry I have probably ever worn in my uh. life because uh, Jason's in a bad mood. So huh. want to keep him, want to keep him even keeled. So Joe Martinez, uh, current master, Manassas Lodge, number 182 in Manassas, Virginia, member of, of a bajillion other things. Uh, more pleased to be here than Robert is. Even more pleased. Excellent.
0: Last but not least for tonight, the one, the only Jason Richards. Where's Jason? There he is. Here I am. I'm actually wearing jewelry
3: tonight. Uh, My name is Jason Richards. I'm a past Master of Vacation Lodge Number 16 in Clifton, Virginia. Member of the Colonial Lodge Number 1821 in Washington, D.C., and also a member of Lafayette
0: Number 79 under the Grand Lodge of Ohio. Excellent. Full house tonight. And before we get into tonight's topic, definitely want to remind everyone that uh, the patrons are what keeps the show going for many, many years to come. You guys are awesome. So if you want to help chip in, help to keep the show going for a while, head over to patreon.com slash the Masonic Roundtable, and that keeps the show going for many, many years. Uh, makes uh, Jason get uh, upgrades for not parallels. What's what are you what are you working on now? What's your Mac to Windows thing you're working on? It's Parallel. Parallels. Uh, oh okay. Parallels. Yeah. It's a Mac thing. Joe Joe,
2: working. you and I are gonna fight. <laughs>
0: this is
2: gonna be a great That's episode. Not, dude, I am scared we're not and quick so, if you want to talk about separating dudes from their masonicness, we going to oh, do that outside: we're, we're going to have a throwdown like this.
0: so yes, uh. if you want to see you know like Joe fights, then head over to the special fi- hidden Facebook group for the Knights and Squires of tmr and uh, we'll record Joe and and Jason going at it this weekend, so. That'll be fun. i think be tiktok has plenty of those uh, rhetoric
2: tiktok has plenty of those chubby uh 40 something dudes trying to get into a fight and get winded after like 30 bum, seconds did you guys ever does. see
0: bum fights do you remember bum yes. fights like that yes. was like 20 years ago that was the thing but i show my age i show my cards all right here we go going on to um one more introduction jason what's going on in, in uh, a couple weeks
3: couple weeks well we've been talking about it for a couple weeks we have a couple weeks october 14th and 15th uh the four guys you see here and a couple other uh great gentlemanly lads will be down in greensboro north carolina at masonic on south y'all y'all and that's not new information right we're going to be down there we're all going to be speaking it's going to be a great time go to masonic on south.com and pick up your tickets Because the night before the conference, so Friday night, October 14th, we are going to do something very special as TMR. And um, for that night, we will actually be celebrating our 400th episode with a live, long-form, multi-hour episode. What? At an undisclosed location. (laughs) The may or may not be, uh, you, know, you know, related to the the Masonic con, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be live. We're going to have guests coming in and out. Uh, going to be talking about a whole lot of different stuff mm-hmm. because it's going to be literally a multi-hour
0: show. So it'll be fun. Hope to see you there. That's right. By popular request. Yeah, we're going to do long form, we're going to celebrate 400 episodes. And we're going to all be physically in the same place at the same time. So we thought, man, what like the stars are aligning to make this thing happen. So that'll be so there's
1: there's a little bit of conjecture, though, right? Um, Because it's impossible that we could actually have 400 episodes. because the, uh, the Apple Tree Tavern wasn't there. So um, huh. the thing is, is that.
3: Uh, I thought you were going to say because was, 200 isn't there. Yeah, yeah. So well, this yes. is. It is. is the,
1: Shriner, the Shriner episode just. That 200 never does, happened. So I don't, I don't really know if we can really out. call no, it 400. But, well, here's but the I'm gonna thing, call, though. I'm going to call Summers. I'm going to call Summers and the other doctor who, who had a hand in this. And, you know, they're going to come out and, and do a little thing and, and tell us why, you know, we're wrong
3: here's the thing though we had two episodes we had like a 34 and a 34.5
0: that's right I remember the half episode
3: so that takes care of it and we totally <laughs> did episode 200 it's just lost to the archives of of history <laughs> yes it was not saved from from uh, inundation or conflagration apparently indeed indeed hashtag where is 200 we promise four hundred will be a lot more. Who memorable.
2: cares? Four hundred, yes. Four hundred. Yeah, exactly. Stop you living. Realized, in the
3: past. You realize two hundred was you know, literally half the time that we've been on oh the my air gosh. ago.
0: That was like yesterday. Yeah.
2: Wow. You guys had more hair. Yes.
0: No,
3: I have the same amount of hair. It's just a bit you do have wavy luscious hair it's, it's lovely yes. as always.
0: Yeah. Indeed had fewer kids back then that is true all right okay. let's get into tonight's topic and this is one that's me actually too. been listeners requested
3: actually no actually no
0: no okay. are you still talking john i'm Am trying I interrupting you i'm trying this is going to be a great are you episode. getting frustrated you are. okay so tonight's episode was actually one requested by a listener like you and Shocking. Uh, he he said you know here's something that i'm struggling with let me give you a little, little backstory of what's going on here he messages messages me and the group you know privately and says look i've been working you know with a brother and you know things you know, were friendly at first unfortunately um found out through a lot of missteps and a lot of failings that this guy is kind of a jerk and so what i'm trying what i'm holding right is the fact that um that he's a Brother Mason and I'm supposed to hold you know Brother Masons in a higher regard and yet he's not really taking responsibility for his actions and he's treating me bad he's treating others bad what do I do so this is a really good uh, area for discussion about how can you separate the person from Freemasonry how can you separate the man from the the values and principles of the fraternity that we're supposed to hold so dear. Uh, so tonight we're going to share lots of anecdotes about uh, maybe some masons that have gotten under our skin. Uh, maybe, you know, no names, right? Because we want to keep this uh, you know, with, all, with the highest regard of peace and harmony. But we also want to tell the truth and say that there are times where you might not uh, get along with every brother mason. We have this great fraternity. Why do bad masons exist? And then more importantly, how do we handle that? How do we hold that internally? How do we hold that
2: as a fraternity? Well, let me let me. There was two things you brought up there, so let's let's distinguish oh, the two. I, there's there's many things. Go ahead, there, Joe. I know. Let, let's let's stick. We only have an hour, so <sighs> let's let's just work on two. For now, um, you know. Let's, yes, let's chip on those two little bits of our ashlar. So you brought up two things, John. One is I'm not getting along with a brother versus. This person really doesn't live up to the ideals that he foreswore he would, right? Um, so those are, you know, because you know, every single one of us get into arguments um, and disagreements with one another. That doesn't mean we hate each other and stuff. But I, I have to Shut put up, that in no. a different bucket. God, I hate you. God, go sit in a fire pit, okay? Spicy. So, um, you know, there's I, I hold those in you your lap in a mut yes <laughs> Ooh, hashtag but um i hold those people in a completely separate area than people that i'm like how the hell did you become a freemason like you know you just don't live it you don't speak it you don't act like it you act the fool on social media right. like two completely different groups of people mm-hmm. um you know you know jason's gotten pissed at me before um i totally know that i'm very easy to uh enrage people uh it's one of my skills in life one of my god-given gifts but um you know we make up at the end though um but what do you do about that person it's like i have a hard time sitting in lodge with you because i know you're completely full of crap like so two separate conversations i think we need to have go discuss
3: yeah yeah so i think one of the things that i i said while i was still on mute was you know why you know, it was a play off of what John said, but it's you know why why do not why do bad masons exist, but why do bad people who are masons oh, exist? That's that's kind of deep, right there. And that gets back to what Joe was saying about those brethren who do not truly inculcate the high standards that we. <clears throat> promise and swear to uphold.
1: I think the, the in the broader context of, uh, of this whole thing, when I became a Mason, one of the things that I had noticed was exactly what you guys have been talking about. And because Freemasonry has been allowed to become different things to different people and, uh, We've had sovereign grand commanders in certain jurisdictions who have said things like, uh, you know, the degrees in masonry are just what you go through in order to get to the good stuff. Um, Those kinds of comments and those kinds of treatments of this initiatory society, not social club, not dinner club, those kinds of comments undercut what we actually are. And what that does yeah. is it enables people to just consider this like that's just the antiquated verbiage we use. It really doesn't mean anything today. I'm sure you guys have heard things like in Lodge like, oh, it means this, but we actually don't do that anymore or whatever, right? It's a whole system of undercutting the idea of honor and integrity. It's people consider it, oh, it's this dress up play thing, but it's not this dress up play thing. Like this is a real thing. This is a real right. obligation. These are real charges we are holding you to. Right. You have up to this point proven that, that you, you swear are... an oath to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so to be It's a system of by, morality. Uh,
3: and yeah. <laughs> we're a little nebulous on what what that morality is. It's not perhaps codified nearly as granularly well, and, as it and, is and, in a lot of religious interpretation
1: we have we have within this fraternity really something that's pretty unique and that's this this idea that like uh we're so traditional we're viewed by our own members as like everything masonry is sacrosanct and we have no flaws and they think that freemasonry is perfect when we know that masonry is not faultless like we sit back and we say things that like, even things like I've said before, like, like we'll say, uh, famous articles by great masons say, try Freemasonry, to fix Freemasonry. And I think what's interesting about that is, like, this idea of falling back on these laurels of trying Freemasonry, even I've said that, but what I mean by it is, like, help Freemasonry become better by sticking to the things we actually say it is within the ritual say, and not treat it as just this so passive things we
0: say. I'm glad you brought that yeah. up because that's that's where I come from on this. And the way I see see things is that the, the background behind this is that I'm an idealist and I understand that. that like There are a lot of philosophies in my life that I try to stick to as best as possible, right? Obviously, we're all fallible, we're all gonna make some mistakes now and then. But the goal was to just try to get back on the horse a- and try again, right. So whether it's in my professional career, uh, you know, of course, I've written a whole book on agile stuff, right at, you know, there's a lot of people, Kevin Homan loves to send me memes about how awful agile is. And I just go down and every time and say, uh, No, they're not doing this right. They're not doing this right. Because there's the, there's the goal and then there's how people screw it up. And the same is true in religion, the same is true in you know work ethics and, and processes and procedures, and the same is even more true in the fraternity that we have, right? Where we have a system of morality that has specific things that we must learn and pass in order to be advanced into further degrees of light, education, knowledge, wisdom, whatever you wanna call it. So so again to your point Robert is like why do we even go through all this mess if we're not going to stick to it because we've already been told where the finish
2: line is Well to to that point I mean that that kind of talks about a more systemic issue right and I know I know I'm going to I'm going to see hate mail about this right because as as Robert said now in the current state of our craft it really unfortunately is you know, Freemasonry is many things to many different people. Right. And I would mm-hmm. say for a good long time, it probably was like that, right there. There were different, I know you've talked about membership, um, so many times, um, and there are valleys and peaks, um, in terms of the type of people that represent the craft, you know, in different times in history. But, you know, I, I have to, you know, having read things about Masonry and having been a Freemason for a little bit, um, I don't know if it's just us that think, like, you know, this is the this is the time and place where change needs to happen. Um, but I guess there, there have always been people like that that have been, you know, lamenting it or crying about it or, or writing about it, you know, talking about the current state of the craft. You know, I think of people like Wilmshurst, you know, uh, that wrote, when we had the most members ever, right? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. one of the big booms in, in Freemasonry. And what was he complaining about? Like, well, all of his books talked about... Um, the people who are coming into the craft suck. Um, all they care about is wearing fancy clothes and drinking a lot. And, uh, you know, it's a social club. This was 100 years ago, you and, know? Yeah, why do we do um, what we
0: do if if we're just here to just hang out and have dinner? Right.
2: Right. Green so beans. it's not it's not a new. <sighs>
1: so the broader question, right? Like when, when people will come to us all the time, right? They always say, oh, go be the change, man. And I always say, well, what, what the hell do you think we're doing? Right? What do you think we're doing when in today's Freemasonry we've got men who are kind of looking for the right men? And while we're so active, the listeners, I know you're active too. Uh, like we're all so active and we all see it, right? And we have to triage how we handle these things. You know, they're like, Oh, I can't believe you aired this dirty laundry. And it's like, well, we tried the Minimal things, right? We tried whispering good counsel. Yeah. We tried, yeah. You know, we tried bringing Raise up, it up the, the issue of
3: command.
1: Yep. Then Everybody we in bring The chain charges. of command
3: is the problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Because we've got uh, the, the 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 big two. We've got cronyism and nepotism at the top. You know. But but this thing is is like. Then what do you go do next, right? Then it becomes legislation. Now, you're trying to pass actual laws to make Freemasonry a fix it by bureaucracy, minute.
0: not by extolling and applying the virtues.
1: Yep. And so now what do we have is like this going all the way back. Everybody's like, oh, well, be the change. You know, don't come into a, me with a problem without having a possible solution. Right. And the solution to Maybe all the this is. Maybe the possible
3: solution is demitting
1: or expelling those
2: individuals. Uh, yes that too you so you you actually touched and i know we've spoken about this J- jason i know was was saying it kind of in jest right um you know you know if it's so bad just quit and leave but you know and at the end no, of the no, day no, this I, is a volu- i wasn't joking
3: there i know that's I know, what's happening know. with npds okay absolutely there, well there i go. mean
2: to a, to a to a point yeah i mean and going back to what i was going to say earlier was when i was referencing wilmshurst was Look at those people who are after a year or two. You know, if you go by the John Ruark Math 2040, um, you know, we're losing almost three every time we gain one. What is is the investment on that one that we're gaining, right? Um, How many of them are receiving all of their degrees in a single afternoon with sandwiches in between? How many of them are actually told what Freemasonry should be and that they can come try and bring it back to that state again? Or how many are joining to hey, I'm going to join and, uh, you know, I'm going to get my degrees really quick and I'm going to go join the shrine or I'm going to go join the Scottish Rite or I'm going to go join the, you know, the boozy club, um, you know, or, or whatever they really joined for. Um, again, I just keep hearkening back to that, you know, people join for many different reasons. I think that's a systemic problem. It really is. What? Well, um, when
3: I was master, I, uh, I joked that, uh, halfway joke that my lodge excelled at performing courtesy work for the shrine because we had so many candidates coming in who they're like okay (laughs) raise them because we got to get them into you know the clown you know club or whatnot the
1: the the fundamental question right like as we're talking about these things and we can talk trash with the best of anybody we're not above it we all do it right but it is something that we're working on right like it's why we wouldn't Maybe name names in an episode or something, but I'm not working on the, it, Robert. Well, I, I'm trying. <laughs> we can you get know, close. Like, there are <laughs> people I will say that I vehemently disagree with all the time, but for whatever through the grace of God, I've been able to draw a line in the sand. And when I hang out with this person, we both know we we totally disagree. Politically, ideologically, everything. But we both agree on one thing, and that's like Masonic education. And like, we're still great brothers. I still hug this person. Like this person would drive 200 miles to change my tire still. But when you don't have that, like going back to the description of this episode, right? I... Uh, you we asked how do we react to a brother that doesn't live up to our expectations and then that follow-up is like how do you do you adjust is it up to us to adjust to that right. mm-hmm. or or what like I mean how do we even start with the reaction process well, I, like I don't even know how do you validate your feeling
2: i I can tell you just having lived it in a short span huh. of time right so I'd say across a five year window. Well, I mean, before I say that, let's let's go back to what you were talking about. Y- you were talking about an example of someone who actually has the Mas- Masonic ideals but may differ in your, you know, differ in your sentiments uh politically or or philosophically. And that's okay. That's that's not that's not you know, a separation in in the brotherhood. That's just you're different people, but at least you all come around at that altar of Freemasonry, right? And you put all that crap outside. So that's that's I have no problem with that and I never will have a problem with that. I wouldn't want to be in the echo chamber of people like me cause I'm loud and obnoxious. Um, but, but you know, it's, it's the other, it's the other side of that. It's the people who you know are prominent Freemasons and they're s- super racist on social media or they're bigots or they're sexist or they're making really awful comments. And I'm like, people know you're a Freemason and you're posting this kind of crap on your page. Like, how am I supposed to respond to that? You know, how am I supposed to think of you as a, as an upright human being? Or, you know, pe- you know, the, the majority of Masons that are out there, um, that cannot separate political discourse from not being a crappy person. You know, like they intertwine those two things to the point where it it really is their entire identity. How do you how do you deal with that? You know, it's so hard to because they're public about it, right? All right. So so what does the ritual say? Right. The ritual
0: says you're supposed to admonish them of their error. And aid them in a reformation. Do we do that enough? But what? I think we try. Well,
2: again, I can only, I mean, yeah. I
1: I have seen, like we've all been in back channel conversations. We're like, oh my God, our brother did this thing. What do we do? I mean, I have had conversations with Brother Scott DuBall and my uh, other close confidants in Lodge where somebody in our own grand jurisdiction who has a title uh, will just leave it wide out open. So it could be any number of 200 things, you know, from from sword bearer to (laughs) the grandmaster. Who knows? But this one person posted something. And he's known because he's got a prominent position, so he's followed by many people and he's known in cross jurisdictions. And he posted something that was derogatory toward, I'll just say, I'll tell you what it was. It was one of those derogatory things about uh, Kamala Harris um, committing certain acts with individuals in order to rise to the top. Now, regardless of whatever you think about that, it was not, Something a mason should post that's not something he should post like i don't I don't really care. you know, I was told a long time ago as a DDgm by my boss that, yeah, you're an American, you have free speech, but you're also under the grand Lodge of the state of Illinois, which means you kind of don't have free speech mm-hmm. you are responsible, especially when you hold. What do we say in Masonic ritual? Leadership is through holding the keys to men's hearts. How can you put something out there willingly to come off in ways that are very problematic? Not only polarizing polarizing the rhetoric is bad it's borderline just crude which is locker room humor i'm not gonna lie we all do locker room humor um, but the thing is is that we don't do that out in the public right and 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 you know what like my wife doesn't need to see it she doesn't need to see that on your facebook wall we're friends and stuff and she's mm-hmm. met you and shook your hand and she sees that she doesn't want to see that mm-hmm. so what do we do i sent him a private send him a private text SMS. And we're like, dude, can you just because, you know, just it's not a good lot, not a good look. And he deleted
0: it. Mm-hmm. I say that's good. And, and that's no big deal. That's the yeah. the easiest that's case way scenario to, you know, to help a brother that is get back on course.
3: As, as I should, be. how many, how many times have you all done that just to get almost literally spat in the face? By that brother,
2: more times and, than 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 RJ. We're all outcome. raising our hands
0: yeah. over here. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, you can't. Tell so that's that's, that's a really thing. hard thing.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And when you not only get spat on by that brother, but by the chain of command. Mm. This this brother called me and said I was posting inappropriate stuff. Blah 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 blah. And then I get the phone call. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Mm. I see where we are. Back to that old. You know cronyism and nepotism thing yeah
0: but again it gets, it goes back to the point that we have these standards uh both explicit and implicit that we're, we're holding ourselves to as masons and when someone is not meeting those standards you know like then what happens okay you, you try to admonish them of their error doesn't work so well uh, do you follow this chain of command thing? Because you know, the at least in Virginia, kind of what they they recommend is you deal with a the brother, then you deal with the worshipful master of their lodge, and then you raise it up to the DDGM of that district, this district deputy grand master of that district, and then you know take it all the way up to uh, a grand lodge committee if you if you really absolutely need to. But you go in that order, right? Um, which is actually, to be honest, a really good leadership tactic, right? You want to, if you have an issue with someone at work, don't go run up the chain right, right away. First and foremost, try to resolve it at the at the grassroots level. Try to solve it where the problem lies. And then only when you fail, then go up, up a level or two. Um, so, I mean, but, is it that easy?
2: But... <laughs> but... but I'm I'm a lot less idealistic than you. Um, I'm just telling you the way you it's know, supposed I, to be. You all you all I keep know, mispronouncing
3: libertarian.
2: Ha. Oh, <laughs> solve uh, it at the local but, level. Uh...
0: <laughs> we don't need federal but, rules.
2: But I mean, in reality, though, and while it sounds great on paper, and it sounds very democratic, and it sounds like a process that should work, you know, going back to to RJ's point. The bulk of it, and I, I hate being so pessimistic, but the bulk of it, when when that chain or when that 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 group of higher ups is just in a sea of cronyism and nepotism, you know what's the what's the ROI on on going down that road to begin well, keep, with? Keep like, keep going. You know, right? am, am I gonna am I gonna stir that pot, and I'm just gonna put a target on myself and get nothing in return, or do I just write that brother off? Right, like those are my two choices.
0: Which is where I wanted to go with that. So again the next part of the conversation is what happens when all of your avenues don't work out. You have to write them off somehow disengage and avoid.
3: I've left, I have left organic organizations. Yeah. Tell tell me what, Um, what,
0: what that looks like.
3: You know, I, and, and this is something that I know I do too quickly and too readily. Um, because I am not a fan of conflict uh, regardless of how much garbage I give to Joe and the other hosts of the show on, on air, especially Uh, I tend to draw back and disengage and avoid certain people as much as possible. Um, After you know something like whispering good counsel goes awry because at that point i've i've tried to come alongside you and if you misuse my brotherly generosity then like i won't ever let you know it but i will i will just draw back and you will you will just not hear from me again yeah. you know i i left I left my AMD council when I was, um, you know, senior warden or, or the senior warden equivalent, um, because uh, there were personalities in that council. Um, that I knew that if I did not leave, things would come to a head, probably during my year as Sovereign Master. And there was a huge potential for things to get very inappropriate and unbrotherly.
0: Mm-hmm. And so instead, in I fact. chose to leave. Yeah, in fact, um, so that was um, the same same council that I'm still currently in. And actually, I was there that night um, when when Jason submitted his... His uh, demit, and it looked a little something like this. There it is. There's Jason, actually. His-
1: <laughs> <laughs> One of the greatest meme formats of the of the of the, uh, of the century. Uh, so you talked about the reaction. We talked about kind of what we do sometimes to mitigate these things. And sometimes I think the best idea is, as Jason has pointed out, you know, in 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 uh, he said, I don't really let you know. I just kind of disengage. But I think if you're a cognizant and thoughtful person, you have noticed the disengagement. And through a, a process of reflection, True. you might think to yourself, damn, I haven't heard from Jason in a minute. I should probably check in on that fella. And when you do, maybe it happens. Maybe you figure it out. Why has or he unfriended me? Why is he unfriended me? Why has uh, he blocked me? All that doesn't things. happen a lot. <laughs> <It's>, it,
2: it, <laughs> I, I mean...
3: It,
1: so,
2: it does. It, it, <laughs> it does, though, right? It, but, a lot. Yeah, of I mean, those... I kind of good. Don't make a
3: face. So a, a lot of those. So a lot of those brethren, who ahead, at least anecdotally I have experienced, um, you know, reacting very poorly to whispering good counsel, are the same brethren who lack a lot of self awareness, or perhaps are a bit too absorbed with the self to really notice a difference. Yeah, they're,
0: yeah, they're, yeah, they're already fair. not introspective enough to keep their passions within due bounds, right? Um, well,
2: it, 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 is it that or is it to, sorry, is it is it to the point where, you know, because I know kind of sort of the people that Jason's talking about, how much of it is, yeah, there are certain people that are like, well shoot where jason go he's not around anymore but then there's other people that are like jason's a quitter you know like he couldn't hack it and he can't can't roll with you know he can't roll with the punches so you know and then and then you have that um again that title chasing braggadocious ego-driven conversation of well jason's not with us anymore because he could he couldn't cut the mustard you know and you know i keep going back to you know i got nothing very wise people have Exactly right, and and you know it's it's I keep thinking back to because years ago I was that you know I wasn't the whisperer of good counsel, I would scream at you and throw crap at you, and you know in that same vein you'd get the good counsel, but I'd do it in a really bad way um, but I'm kind of getting into a, a point in my Masonic career where I'm definitely leaning more towards what Jason said, you know, where it's like, you know what, I'm not getting paid to be here, apparently, I'm here because I want to be here. And if I don't want to be here, I don't want to be here anymore. And I won't mm-hmm. be here. I'll go somewhere else. You know, And like, I don't have like to be. A place... right. Exactly. Yeah. It, right. You're not You're not a lesser person for it. You're not a lesser Mason. You're not, you know, you're probably happier uh, spending a little more time at home. Uh, and you're not surrounding yourself with people that just piss you off constantly, you know? So, I mean, these are all positives we're talking about here. And, you know, just to talk about yeah. my personal example, I can tell you right now that, um I'm getting to the point, again, in my Masonic career where it's like, wow, I'm really noticing that I don't want to be around you people. You are not the type of masons that I thought you were, and you're starting to make me not want to be a part of the place where you are at, whether it's a body or an organization as a whole or what have you, and I'm starting to notice like, well, I keep, I want to keep doing this, but I don't want to do it with you, so I'm yeah. going to go elsewhere.
0: Well, it's interesting because I think that's also why a lot of affinity lodges start. I think that's why, you know, new lodges spring up they try to create the thing that they want and it doesn't always work out as well as they want because then it becomes the oh you think you're better than us you think you need to have you know your own special <laughs> club right like you can't win you can't win i've I well, heard and, all and old brothers things. catch wind
3: of it and feel scorned and then there are brothers i know currently who are running smear campaigns against other brothers because they went and said, you know what, this doesn't align to our values. We're going to go over here instead.
1: This is fundamentally like what happened with Space Novum. There was, and it wasn't necessarily um, driven by uh, brothers that we hung out with that had bad attitudes or whatever. It was more along the lines of just wanting to be a lodge that was built on self-sustaining ideals and education. And if you don't want those things, that's okay. And oh, by the way, if you want to be a member, you're not allowed to leave your home lodge. Uh, We all acknowledge this thing. And um, what has... What has come from that is we've all – and because we also have this policy that nobody tells anybody who's a member. I mean, people can look it up if they want to, but they generally don't know how. We hear all of the trash talk. Oh, that's that millionaire's lodge. Oh, that's that lodge. They do this, this, and this. And, and like, it's hilarious. Um, and generally speaking, it happened with it's Patriot. not very – yeah so oh yeah when we when you when you guys talked about like what do you do right and you left the council and, and your, your amd chapter um i've i've gone into like i've traveled you know within my district to go to a meeting and i see who's there and then we go into the meeting and i notice that brother's there and i'm like ah oh. my every intent was to leave before the opening because I don't want to sit in lodge with somebody who I would consider that, you know, breaks their obligations and violates the charges. Mm-hmm. And yet, the lodge opened. So I say, worship master, can I be excused? And he'll say, well, what do you want to be excused for? And then I just tell him. I say, you know, I, I, I'm not going to sit in the lodge with masons and individuals who've broken their obligations and violated their charges. And then at that point, I've said it. I haven't identified Boom. anybody. And I, I leave. Drop. And that's not, that's, that's won me no favors. (laughs)
0: Yes. But at the same time, so like, and and so here's the thing, right? Um, to use a horrible analogy, right? What happens when Atlas shrugs in masonry, right? Where all the good masonry suffers, right? Because the ones who stay, the ones who stay are the bad ones because they are fine. They're not being held accountable to their actions outside of masonry, outside of the lodge room. Um, it's all part of the, uh, the um, this is just, you know, I'm, I'm speaking hyperbole, but let's just assume it's all part of that nepo- nepotism and, and the good old boys network, right? And so those who are really trying to better themselves in masonry, apply the tools, work on themselves, see their own failings, when you try to correct someone, and then you're like, you know what, I, I'm going to give up trying to help this brother. It's probably just best if I leave. What's changed, right? You've actually weakened if not masonry at least that lodge or that appendant body by you stepping aside
2: then let it die that is the one thing i've started to learn in these last couple of years is you know and and you know i've started i've i've helped brothers start new organizations you know new bodies new new groups won't get specific with them um and then the first thing that people will say to me well what about your old one what about them let them die Let them go. You know, it's not, you know, things can't be propped up by one or two people. We've all been members of organizations that if one or two people leave, it's just going to come crumbling down. And we have to start getting accustomed to that being the norm. You know, something falls apart and breaks down, you build something new. What?
3: (laughs) So, what what happens to those people when that thing dies? Do they come on over to your new thing? like i feel like this can be very much so recognizing we have a duty to protect you know our own mental health but then also this duty to a fraternal organization we're trying to better uh, as well as ourselves
2: let me let me give you a real world example let me okay let me me give you a real world example i'm not going to name names but everybody knows i'm master of my lodge um I'm not the most popular master of my lodge that has ever graced the, the four walls of that building. I'm not naming okay? names, Let just...
0: but let's just say my senior <laughs> warden. I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> no, it's um no, it's I'm definitely not the most popular. You know, I have a certain vision and style of what I think Freemasonry is, and I will be absolutely frank with you, because I was frank with them, that I'd say three quarters of the members of my lodge don't agree or don't care about that vision. But the other twenty-five percent do. And those are the ones that I've invested lots of time and lots of energy and lots of, uh, you know. Uh,
1: you and know, they're the ones who show up.
2: And they're the ones that show up and they're the ones that, that get something out of it. And they're the ones that are, you know, keeping that flame alive. You know, I was thinking about what you guys were saying about, hey, you know, a bunch of guys go and start something new. It, it honestly, it really is an American thing to hate that. You know what I mean? Like, go look at the United Grand Lodge of England. They have, you know, thousands of lodges composed of 25, 30 members tops, right? I mean, even, even uh, you know, I was actually doing correspondence courses, uh, Masonic ones, because, you know, I'm a loser, and that's what I do at my spare time. And uh, I was reading, you know, the Grand Lodge of Virginia book, you know, the Methodical Digest, the law book. And it still says it in there. If your lodge gets too numerous, it's your duty you know if you have too many people there and it goes back to psychology you know you can only be best friends with X number of people right you can't Dunbar's be best friends with number. 200 exactly um, but it even says it right there in the methodical digest if your numbers get too numerous, it's your duty to go form something new break off and start something smaller. But again it's that American thing where you know we don't like to let things die and or don't like to let things change. And it's anathema to us, and and I think that's the biggest source of, of of heartburn. You're on mute.
0: You're muted, Jason. You're muted. It was brilliant, whatever you just said. It was also
3: comes from a bias that isn't necessarily backed up by data, because it says as you grow in number break off it doesn't say as you dwindle in number to the point where you are unsustainable and only getting people through guilt and coercion maybe it's time to die so when that was written the writers were still you know looking at this masonic trajectory that they thought was sustainable
2: right forever
3: yes we're just going to keep growing and growing and growing and growing we'll never have point taken
2: Point taken.
3: Mm-hmm. I actually had several points and you only took the one. So that's frustrating.
2: Well, you were muted the rest of the time. So. Point number two, Jason. That, that's true. Learn technology.
0: You should have known. Parallels. I got Point number two, today. Jason. Anything else? Or did you point just. Point lose? number two is Joe's bad. Joe's a jerk face. No. He is. Much so. I'm glad I don't have to spend all weekend with him. So can you agree to disagree with a Mason, right? Um, That that seems to be kind of the the best place because we're taught to keep harmony, right? That we want to preserve peace and harmony. We want to make sure that we um, make sure that the fraternity doesn't suffer as a result of our conflicts with each other. So we have to keep that in mind as well. So sometimes, here's, here's the downside. Now you have, to, you have to actually turn it inward and say, well, what could I have done better? Um, because that's, that's really the inner work that you're supposed to be doing, that you're supposed to be working on. It's completely... R- R- RJ disagrees. Ha! Huh.
1: Okay. So where do you start? With a progressive moral science. In a progressive moral science, to agree to disagree is like I mean to essentially quote a direct slide it's a negative mindset that prevents progress so what I mean is agreeing to disagree doesn't do anything for anyone in fact if I say hey killing these people is a bad idea and you say oh it's a good idea and uh, we just agree to disagree and then whether it happens or not we just like kind of hang out. So my question is: agree to disagree? Sure, maybe on some things, but when those things take a toll on the craft, at whose expense are we agreeing to disagree here? Who is the loser? You know, a thousand people get together and they want to paint a room. We've said this before. You're going to paint the room. It's going to be beige. Nobody wants a beige room. Okay. You cannot always agree to disagree, and in, in fact. I hate agreeing to disagree. Like, pick a side, and stick with it, and die on your hill. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a democratic republic, and I agree that we come down to a vote. It's the will of the lodge, and it's a, it's a. The master is a, a benevolent dictator here. But also, you vote with your feet, and if you don't want to do something, don't do it. Don't go. And you know what? It's just like the The more people that want the right thing it's going to be effervescent but you gotta you gotta realize that every vote counts there are no wasted votes
0: so, so you know I keep thinking back to the actual uh, Joe's soda is effervescent I'm going
2: to drink something effervescent I sponsored um, by SodaStream
0: oh jeez <laughs> now I gotta include the paid promotion um <laughs> I keep thinking back to... <laughs> they haven't again, paid us yet. Yeah, it's true. The, the I haven't got no money. Uh, I keep thinking back to the original source of this. is How do we deal with one person um, and agreeing to disagree? And I had a really good point, but Joe SodaStream comment just threw me way off. So I lost Then was it, it that good of a point? It was the best not. point. It was the best point,
2: actually. I would vote no.
0: You're going to remember uh, it during it, the during the car ride tomorrow good thing this is not a democratic so, republic no joe what do you want
2: forehead uh i was gonna say um this this person who lives in my house who is a lot smarter than me um her name is Your barb wife. she's awesome there's so many Ah, uh, i called it she she loved uh she loves to uh she loves to text me pearls of wisdom while we're on the show because uh, she watches the show um and that's awesome but um she texted, and uh, I think this is kind of the the crux of the issue. She said, "But you're also supposed to help men become better." And just a uh, let's let's t- let yeah, let's touch that a little bit. So if you get down to it, we're not supposed to help crappy men become better. We're supposed to mm-hmm. help good men become better, right? So that that goes back to the how'd you get here in the first place kind of thing. And I think that's really. One of the more systemic issues that we have, and that nobody's going to solve, you know, in the twelve minutes we have left.
0: So, oh, oh, one thing that I thought about earlier in the episode too is about the "no true Scotsman" logical fallacy, right? Because there are levels of being a jerk, right? That, that are not complying with our our morals or principles, right? There's some that just don't get masonry at all. There's some that just have have their own taints in their character but you know when you, you, when, you when you when you when you talk about um again when, I, when I, i'm I trying to think about how and and jason and i have said this before <laughs> jason and i have said this before that like we like christianity there are just a lot of christians that we can't stand right there's you know, like
3: ninety nine point
0: nine to infinity percent. I love yes. Freemasonry. There's just a few Masons that I can't stand, right? Um, so again, it's it's separating your own perception of so, the standard they're supposed to be at compared so, to where they are. So
2: what you're saying is we're just united in our misery. Is that what you're saying? That's that's how we found each other, is in our times of misery and woe. Yeah. It's like, oh crap, there's someone that's just as miserable and shitty as me. So I'm going to hug you.
3: Shared pain and tribulation is a very catalyzing mm-hmm. factor for
2: tribalism. It's like metaconscious Stockholm syndrome. It's like, oh, we've all been beaten together just in different cities. I'm going to come hug you and love you. <laughs>
0: Oh, jeez, Good times. I mean,
3: you good just times. look at just about every ethnic conflict that's taken place in the past, like, 100 to 200 years. And
0: that's basically how it starts. That'll, that'll never work down. All right. So we're at that point. Final question of the week. Final question uh, will go around. And tonight's final question will be picked by Joe. Joe's going to tell us what the final question will be because. Ooh. Yeah. I'm going right to okay. I'm
2: going to put you on the spot. So. Alright, so I'm gonna put y'all on the spot then. So, final question of the week is crap. <laughs> Have a couple of good ones, but That's another question. No, I don't wanna to... no, to get too I don't wanna to get too specific. So, okay. So if you were faced with just an onslaught of these unchangeable, unbendable, um, You know, people that you really don't want to associate with that you have a loose connection to because you both pay dues. Would you stick it out or would you demit and quit and go find your own path? Like, you know, what's what's keeping you in Freemasonry uh, outside of all the the junk that is contained within it? now? Boom, Jason, Jason, go. What keeps me in Freemasonry
3: today is my family history and the network that I have, uh, built and gained of Masons Online through TMR, fans of the show, refracted light, historical light, um, I have a lot of very close friends who are Masons who I only see, you know, once every couple of years, and that's because we're we're all living the virtual Masonic education dream together. And so, um, the fact of the matter is, like, life is too precious, and you know, I spending time with my family is too precious, and so if like if I'm going to dread, absolutely dread going to a meeting that only happens once, you know, once a quarter, like what's happening in my AMD council, it's not worth it. I can find that fulfillment elsewhere and it frees me up to spend more time doing things I care about.
0: Excellent answer. All right, over to Robert. That's a really
1: awesome question. So what keeps me in Freemasonry, I think, are the community of brotherhood and family that we have. Within, you know, not just this group, but listeners to the show, uh, the people who we see at the conferences, the people who are working in the quarries every single day to make their lodge meeting even better uh, and looking and pretending they didn't see the, uh, the master of their lodge doing, you know, tapping their watch because they're taking too long on education. Those are the, the reasons why I really stay in the fraternity. I mean, I'm embedded. I'm, I'm dedicated to education. I'm a lifelong learner. Um, and I find Freemasonry as an initiatory path, something that um, I personally identify with in ways that other systems don't engage me like so i love it and that's why i stay but also this idea that i could just walk away at any given moment uh i've mentioned this quote before but my my good friend used to be a i think he was the chair of our leadership committee here in the grand lodge of illinois he walked away from freemasonry completely and he said It's. I walked away, uh, his exact quote was that I care so much for the fraternity and its ideals is why I had to leave it. And his point was that the way Freemasonry operates today is not how it is supposed to run and is outlined and what it's supposed to stand for. We like, operate like a loose standard of of what we call to and so he felt so strongly that he's not been back to lodge in three and a half years you know he's a past right worshipful uh, area guy he's a leadership guy you know probably would have ended up in the grand line but he left because he felt that the craft didn't live up to its own expectations and yet by leaving he's honoring the craft by listening to what it tells you to do, right? So it's like at any given point, if the organization becomes so askew to what it was supposed to be, you have a duty and a responsibility to leave it. And so within that, that's what he did. He left. If you
0: truly love something, let it go. And then if masonry comes back to you, then it was meant to
1: be. It was meant to be, yeah. And I haven't left because I feel that we just have too much yet left to try. You know, like, I've got five more batteries that I have to flip-flop to make sure they're in the right you know, polarity before I just start taking this toy apart. You know, I've got a lot left to try to see what sticks here before we just abandon ship. So, I guess that's... I hope that doesn't come across as uh, like apathetic or anything. No, no, no. If if anything, I'm trying to convey that I'm dedicated.
0: Yeah, you're in it to win it. I love it. That's right. All right, Joe. I'm going to turn the question back on you. Fine. That. What keeps you in Masonry?
2: <sighs> Green beans. Yes. Um. No, wrong. Um. What keeps me in it? Um, we knew it. Ha 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 ha. Anyway. Uh, what keeps me in it is, is honestly that, that that small minority, right? It's that, you know, I'm looking out at a room full of people, half of them who are bored, half of them who are looking at their watch, and you see that one person who is transfixed or is totally paying attention or has questions and is super enthusiastic about the craft and joined for the right reasons. Um, it's that one person. Everywhere you go, that just keeps me motivated to keep doing this. Because at the end of the day, it really is a it's a volunteer organization. You do not get paid to be here. Um, you give up time, energy, money, and and you know sweat equity in in getting rid of the crappy parts of yourself along with some of your best friends. Um, but you don't need to be there. So you know I've come to the realization that there are two groups of people in this craft. There are members. And there are masons. Um, The members keep the lights on um, and they keep the fancy buildings or the wood panel buildings, whichever you prefer. Um, But then there are people who actually cared when they took their obligations and they took those words to heart and they used those words to... Be that better person, be that better father, be that fe- better brother or son um, or member of their community, you know, living those ideals, not just putting a bumper sticker on or, or you know, one of those square encompasses on your window, um, but actually living it. Um, so it's for that really small minority of people that are still doing it is why I probably, uh, you know, won't leave anytime soon, you know, maybe unless uh, unless I'm forced to. So four more years, yeah,
0: we need to have a talk. You're, you're being forced to leave. Oh, <laughs> well, okay. Just before elections. All right. Sorry. <laughs> Drop the bad news, but we'll have, we'll have a conversation in the green room. Not at all. Not at all. So oh, my thoughts, yeah, we will. Yeah. My thoughts on this. Um, what keeps me in Freemasonry idealism? Again, at the end of the day, I admire what Freemasonry stands for. And so I want to try to live up to that standard. It's a good standard. It's it's held the test of time. Um, I see the value for me. I see it as a good system of morality, uh, along with other inspirations in my life to try to merge these together into a system that works for me to turn inward and look for myself. Um, Also, what keeps me in the fraternity? It's all emotional. Um, It's not logical, right? Why should I take time away from my family? Why should I, um, you know, just hang out with with guys and listen to the reading of the minutes um it it makes no logical sense sometimes but uh emotionally it's good to to be with brothers you've you've not seen in a while it's good to uh, shake hands see how people are doing right really connect at a personal level um and so i keep the hope that others will actually try to apply the lessons that we are taught right once you become a mason one thing we we you know we didn't talk about we we mentioned it in a couple episodes way way back but basically you know wouldn't it be nice if we could re up our certifications as master masons right just to kind of make sure that other than just paying dues we are actually doing the things that we keep say saying that we do do we do we hold ourselves to that standard do we pass a recertification um, that would be interesting to see what the attrition rate would be of those guys who come in. Really don't live those values, but yet as long as they pay the very cheap dues every year, they're a mason for life. Um, wouldn't it be Wouldn't it be nice to have something that really helps uh, reinforce the standards that we're trying to set in this fraternity? But that's why I give Masonic presentations. I want to make sure that. Um, and uh, upon reflection, one thing I did notice is if you look at the list of. The topics that I give, if you go to masonicinstruction.com and look for my name, you'll see a lot of the presentations that I give actually reinforce and double down on a specific um, Masonic point or charge to apply the lessons of Freemasonry in a very specific way. So I don't give presentations because I love to talk about George Washington. I give presentations because here's this interesting thing about our philosophy that we really should look at and we really should examine it. We should hold it and savor it instead of brushing it off. And so specifically to the the question that brought us to this episode tonight, what do you do with that brother who's not living their life as a Mason? The real short answer is love him. Love him like a brother. Um, real families have dysfunctional, you know, relationships. And so that doesn't mean that we shouldn't, we should give up on them. That, that does mean that we have to not only hold ourselves accountable, hold ourselves to a higher standard, but, you know, admit that we're all humans. We're all going to make mistakes and, and still hold them, um, as a brother, at the end of the day, regardless of how the the outcome comes out. So that's, that's my advice. It's been a really, really fun episode. There's a lot of, there's a lot of tension here. I can feel it, but we've learned a lot. We've shared a lot. And, um, yeah, I agree with you, Joe. I can see you in the preview window. Um, with that, I want to thank you very much for watching. We'll see you in just, what, two more episodes. We're going to have episode 400. I can't wait for that one. So have a good night. Y'all. keep searching for more life. Have a good night.
1: Wow.